0: Chapter 9 Gunnhild awoke one morning in September from a restless sleep. It was not quite dawn, and the rest of the household still slept. Rolf and Gerolf slept on the floor, as they had since Ragnolf had arrived and stayed. Ragnolf had never renounced his intention to stay, but since the day he had returned and told the family of his brother's death, he had simply not left, and once Gerulf had joined him, it was clear that this was their home now, too. Ragnolf slept in the bed that used to be Rolf's. Gunhild slipped out to the latrine, then came back in and started a cooking fire. She moved quietly so as not to wake anyone, and after the fire was going, she was still the only one awake, so she went out to the barn. Yadith now slept in the barn each night to make room in the house, although she told Gunhild that she liked it there. The hay was soft, and the body heat from the cows kept it from getting too cold at night. Gunhild flocked down in the hay next to Yadith, who stirred and opened her eyes. Good morning, said Gunhild. Is it late? asked Yadith. Do people need food? Did I sleep too long? No, you're fine, said Gunhild. She hadn't come to say anything in particular. She just wanted the company. Did you dream anything? she asked. Um, waves. Sand. What is it where the sand is? A beach. A beach. Nothing else. Yadith was now essentially fluent in Danish, but she still had an accent, with a tendency to stretch her words flat and wide instead of round and rolling. I should milk the cows, said Yadith, and got up. As she went about the task, Gunhild admired how comfortable she was around the cows, which had scared her so much when she had first arrived. There were more cows now, and more milk. Ragnolf had said they should breed some of them and sell the calves, and had even gone to talk to some neighboring farmers about it. It had felt odd at first when Ragnolf began giving orders concerning the running of the farm, but he usually took his ideas from Inga, and she was a skilled farmer. Whether it was Ragnolf or Inga who actually made the decisions, it was Ragnolf who gave the orders. Gunnhild had been thinking that with so much more milk she should spend more time with Freudus and learn more about making cheese. Cheese lasted much longer than milk, and they could take it to town to sell, but when she had suggested it Ragnolf had said she should stay at the farm for now, and Thorvi hadn't spoken up. Gunhild went back inside and put some water on the fire to start heating. Others were up now and about their business. She went to Thorvi and took Brynjar so that Thorvi could move about better. Brynjar was crawling now and it was easy for him to get underfoot or too near the fire. She took her little brother outside for a bit while people washed and ate. Rolf came outside and Gunhild greeted him, though Rolf barely grunted in response. He had changed since Ragnalf arrived, as if he had grown up overnight. He didn't play any more. He laughed less. No more running around fighting giants or riding on pretend horses or sailing invisible ships. Nevertheless, he did everything Ragnolf and Gerolf told him to. Gerolf was teaching him to use a sword and shield, and Rolf followed his lessons carefully and practiced on his own. Gerolf followed Rolf outside and chatted with Gunnhild. Father saw some mice in the barn the other day, he said. Have you seen any? One, said Gunnhild why? Don't want them getting into the grain. Didn't you have a cat? Yes, copy. I haven't seen him in a while, said Gunhild. Do you like cats? asked Gerolf. He seemed hopeful. We could bring one back from Ripa. Maybe a kitten. Gunhild smiled but said nothing, thinking of her father's nickname for her. Or maybe we could give Rolf a stick and he could chase them around. This got a chuckle from Gunhild. When she brought Brunyar back inside, Ragnolf was just drying off from having washed his face and neck, and he looked at her. Something in his look caught Gunhild off guard. It was as if he were weighing her up, evaluating her somehow. She wasn't sure why. Gunny, dear, can we talk for a bit? asked Thorvi. Ragnolf left, and, unexpectedly, so did Inga. When they had gone, Thorvi set Brunyar on the floor to crawl around, and turned to Gunhild. "'Have you thought about marriage since Osbjorn asked you?' Gunhild wished she knew what her mother was getting at. She could think of a few different answers depending on Thorvi's intentions. "'I've thought about Osbjorn,' she said. "'He went away in spring, but he might be back soon. Even now.' "'It's possible,' said Thorvi. "'But that never seemed like a likely match. I've been talking to your aunt and uncle, and we have a good idea, but of course you need to agree, too.' "'Who?' asked Gunhild, trying hard to think of any eligible man nearby. "'Gerulf. He's a good man, bound for success. You know him already, and he and Ragnolf are going to build this farm into something amazing. A house for Ragnolf, and one for you and Gerulf. More crops. Slaves to tend them. A tannery.' "'It's not his farm.' "'It is, really,' said Thorvi. "'Your father was one of three children, and two still live.' "'But if you married Gerolf—' "'Look, if he marries someone else, "'that means some other woman running the farm later on. "'Not you. "'It will be her house, her fields, her slaves. "'What will you do?' "'Gunhild fought back her indignation. "'What do you mean, what will I do? "'If I get married, I'll live with my husband.' "'And I'll still be here.' "'With no husband,' said Thorvi. "'It's not really my farm anymore, "'even if the law says part of its mine." But if you married Gerulf. What's wrong with Gerulf, anyway? Gunhild had nothing against Gerulf, but she had never thought about him romantically. She had nothing to object to, except that when she imagined marrying him, she felt no stir of emotion at all. I don't love him, she said simply. But you see, Gunhild, love grows. You don't love a man when you marry him. That comes with time and children and being together. You'll see. Gunhild thought over what it might be like to marry Gerolf and stay on the farm. She might even have a child by this time next year. Nothing about it seemed at all joyful. At best it felt like a chore that could be finished easily, but would need to be done again the next day. May I tell him yes? asked her mother. No, said Gunhild. Just... no. Why not? You asked if I wanted to, and I don't, she sighed and stood. She couldn't run out of the house and slam doors and cry. Her mother's eyes were too hopeful and earnest, but nothing in her wanted to marry Gerulf. May I go? she asked. Yes, said her mother, but think about it. It makes a lot of sense. For all of us. As Gunhild moved through the day, that conversation hung over her. She tried to picture life on the farm with Gerulf, but nothing about it moved her at all. Nevertheless, she could feel others watching her—Ragnolf, Gerulf, and Inga. It was as if they were looking at her disapprovingly, or whispering with each other. Gunhild did her chores and tried to ignore it, but when Ragnolf walked up behind her while she was weeding the garden she let out a yelp. Ragnolf always seemed on the edge of violence. Not that he would hurt her—she was his niece—but the way he moved— the way he looked at people seemed to show that he was never far from breaking something. "'I heard you don't think my son is good enough to marry,' he said flatly. Gunhild turned and looked at him from where she was kneeling. "'It's not that,' she said. "'I don't—' Gunhild searched for a reason that would satisfy her uncle. "'I love someone else,' she said. "'Has this person proposed? What is he offering?' Gunhild bristled at this. Offering? She felt like a bolt of cloth being bartered. He's away now, trading. He'll return soon. She hoped that was true. I'll say this, said Ragnolf. With your father gone, there's no more silver. Both Gerulf and Rolf will need an inheritance. There's nothing left for your dowry. Gunhild remained silent. Gerulf will take you without a dowry, said Ragnolf. You won't get that from anyone else. It doesn't matter who proposes. He turned and left, leaving Gunnhild trembling, glad he was gone, but furious at what he had said. It wasn't fair. It was also, she knew, completely true. She wanted to talk to Yadith about it, but Yadith was always busy now. There was more to do with two extra people on the farm, more grain to grind, more clothes to mend. Furthermore, Ragnolf seemed to have an eye on Yadith and would get furious if he ever saw her relaxing. He also didn't like for her to be away from the farm, the only safe place for Yadith was working on something in plain view. Gunhild had hoped to talk to Yadith after dinner that evening, but when she went outside to look for her, she found Gerulf waiting instead. Gerulf had clearly been expecting her, and he approached her timidly. Gunhild, may I speak to you? he asked. Gunhild tried not to sigh out loud. She didn't dislike Gerulf, but she didn't want more of this. Gunhild, I love you, he said. Gunhild was speechless. This hadn't gone as expected. I want to be a good husband and father. I love you. A lot. Gunhild looked at him quizzically. Do you? she asked. She approached him steadily. Something didn't add up. What do you love about me? Poor Geralt stammered. I love... You're very pretty. He looked around as if hoping something would come to mind. I feel very much about how pretty you are. He started to flush red, and Gunhild suddenly felt sorry for him. Gerulf, you're very kind, she said. The farm will be mine someday, he continued. Gunhild paused. All of it? she asked. Yes, said Gerulf confidently. If we got married, you could stay here. What about Rolf? she asked. Yes, that's right. He needs land too. That's why there isn't enough. Geralt tripped on his words. Then he looked up at her and took a step closer. We should get married. I love you. Without warning, he took her by both arms and pulled her close and leaned in to kiss her. She ducked out of the way. He kept hold of her arms and tried again, and she pushed him back. Geralt fell backward and landed on the ground. When he looked up, Gunhild could see the hurt and embarrassment on his face. She could imagine Ragnolf putting him up to this, telling him not to accept a refusal. She turned and stomped off to the barn, and sat down next to Yadath on a pile of hay. "'Are you okay?' asked Yadath. "'Not really,' said Gunnhild, and they waited in silence until the others in the house had gone to sleep. Then Gunnhild went back to her bed. Gunnhild barely slept, trying to think what to do next. The more she thought of her options, the more she thought of how marrying Osbjorn would solve everything.' If she could just talk to him, even, it would at least get her out of this house, where it felt as though her whole family was against her. The next morning she got up early, made breakfast, and when the family was still eating, slipped off and found Yadith. I'm going to Osbjorn's house, she said. Please come with me. Yadith paused a moment to think, then put down her bucket of water and walked away with Gunhild. The farm where Osbjörn's family raised sheep was a half a day's walk away. While they walked, Gunhild told Yadith everything. As the two got farther from the farm, Gunhild felt the heavy weight of the day before lifting. It was a bright, clear morning, and the way to Osbjörn's farm led past beautiful pastures, brooks, and copses of trees. While walking with Yadith, she felt that everything would have to work out well, as if the birds themselves knew it and were singing it to each other. They arrived at the farm around midday. And one of the hired men working in the fields greeted them and walked with them the rest of the way to the house. Osbjorn's father, Eric, saw them approaching and greeted them warmly, and invited Gunhild to come in and eat. It was clear that only Gunhild was invited in. Iadith followed the hired man. Gunhild hoped she would get some food too. While they ate, Eric explained that Osbjorn had not returned, and might not for a month or more. Really, said Eric, we don't know when to expect him. I last saw him in Ripa, with the boat he had bought and the crew he had hired, but he didn't say he would be back at a particular time. He is a young man on an adventure, and if he makes the trading season last as long as he can, I don't blame him. He might stay out until the snows come. Eric's wife, who sat next to him, said, We pray to the gods for his safe return. The sea is unpredictable. Yes, said Gunhild glumly, I understand. It's just that I... I want to accept his proposal." Eric and his wife grew quiet. This was out of the ordinary. It should have been her father approaching them, or, in his absence, her mother or uncle. "'Dear child,' said Eric, "'I know your father lost his life in England. We are all very sad for you and your family. What has changed? Has your mother reconsidered?' Gunhild explained her situation and the events of the past few days, but as she did, Osbjorn's parents looked worried, even nervous. Gunhild, said Eric, does your family know you're here? She looked down silently. She knew that her mother and Ragnolf might be angry at her, but hadn't thought that they might be angry at Eric, too. You should take her back in the wagon, said Eric's wife, standing. I'll tell the men to hitch it up, and get Gunhild's girl. She left the house. Eric looked sympathetically at Gunhild. Osbjorn is right to think highly of you, child, he said. You are brave, and. His praise petered off. But I have no dowry, she said, shaking her head. Goodness, no, it's not that, said Eric. If your uncle thought we were trying to help you marry Osbjorn against his wishes, we need to get you back to your farm. The ride back to the farm was miserable for Gunhild. She sat in silence and thought about what Eric and Osbjorn's involvement might accidentally mean for them. She knew from the stories her father and Freudus had told that men got very touchy about their honor and were willing to kill for it. She had heard about duels before. If Ragnolf felt that Eric had wronged him somehow, dishonored his family or led Gunhild astray, he could challenge him to a duel and Eric would have to fight or lose face. If Ragnolf attacked Eric, it wouldn't be considered murder. He could even claim Eric's farm. Of course, if that happened, Osbjorn would have little choice but to challenge Ragnolf himself. Gunhild thought of the feuds Freudis had told her about. Some had gone on for generations. It was almost evening by the time they arrived. Ragnolf was outside the house, scowling as he watched them approach. Greetings, said Eric as he jumped down from the wagon. They call me Eric Mikkelfott. You must be Ragnolf. Ragnolf Rotholfsson, Ragnolf replied, huskarl to Jarl Thorstein. What is my niece doing with you? We're friends of the family, said Eric, smiling a bit too widely. She came to see us unexpectedly. But she's always welcome, of course. As are you, Ragnolf Rotholfsson. Ragnolf stood silently looking at Eric. Gunhild and Yadith jumped down and walked toward the house, not looking at Ragnolf. Ragnolf nodded grimly. I thank you, Eric Micklefoot, for helping my wayward niece home. Thor and Odin protect you. Gunhild and Yadith were walking past him when he said to them wait. They waited. Eric's man turned the cart around and they rode away while Ragnolf watched silently. When the cart had gone he looked at Gunhild. He can't do anything to me, she reassured herself. She was fairly sure that he wouldn't hit her, but she could tell that he wanted to. Her mother, though, would never allow it. In fact, if he did hit her, it would probably ruin his plan for her to marry Gerulf. He might even move back to Ripa. With this in mind, she lifted her chin toward him. I am the daughter of a free man, and I have the same rights as any woman, she said. I won't marry against my will. Of course not, said her uncle. Then, without warning, he grabbed Yadith, pulled her away from Gunhild, and struck her downward across the face. Yadith fell to the ground. No! shouted Gunhild, taking a step forward, but she stopped. Ragnolf was completely within his rights. He could do anything to Yadith. Anything at all. Stop, cried Gunhild as Ragnolf began to swing his bald fists into Yadith again and again. He pulled her back to her feet and continued to swing, each punch landing with a dull thud. Ragnolf only grunted with the effort, but Yadith cried loudly and shouted. Nay, she sobbed. Ich bide thee. Nay, bejad me. No one from inside the house came to look. Gunhild found herself rooted to the spot as if her legs were frozen. Please stop, she heard herself whisper, but she could hardly hear it over Iadith's cries and the sound of fists. Iadith collapsed, and Ragnolf kicked her viciously, then turned and walked away. As if a spell had broken, Gunhild ran to her and knelt beside her, and after a few minutes helped her up and walked with her to the barn. It was the middle of the night. Gunnhild hadn't slept yet, though she could hear from the noises around her that everyone else was asleep. Her mind had been skipping back and forth between remembering what had happened to Iadath and dreading what the morning would bring for her. She sometimes imagined she had intervened and had pulled her uncle off of Iadath, or even hit him, but it didn't seem believable. She considered what it would be like to wake up the next day and proceed with her life. It would be easy to give in, she knew. She would probably get used to it, her mother might be right that she would get used to Garolf, maybe even come to like him, as they worked side by side farming and raising children. Then suddenly the idea became unbearable, and she pictured the rest of her life with Ragnolf always close by, always watching. Then she started mulling over a new idea. She ran through it in her head, with variations as if testing it out. Sometimes it seemed impossible. Sometimes it seemed like the only option. If she could get to Ripa, she thought, maybe her aunt and uncle could help her. She wasn't sure what it was at that moment that caused her to stand up silently and pull her woolen overdress on, then her socks, shoes, and a cloak. There was decent moonlight outside, but not much made it into the house. Gunnhild made her way around the house mostly by memory. She took a flint fire starter and a knife and tucked them into the pouch that hung from her belt, and grabbed a piece of bread. She mentally retraced her steps, thinking of anything else she might take with her. Stepping carefully past Rolf and Geralt sleeping on the floor, she made it to the door and paused. She could still put her things away and go back to bed, but by now that seemed impossible. Instead, she gently opened the door and slipped out, and started to walk. Ten steps from her house, she stopped and walked back to the barn. She opened the barn door quietly and walked inside, feeling with her hands in front of her. She knew the corner where Yadith slept and felt it out. She put a hand on Yadith's shoulder and called her name. Yadith stirred. It was too dark to see her face. What is it? came Yadith's voice. We're leaving, said Gunnhild. Yadith said nothing more, but stood and dressed. She got her warm cloak from where it hung on the wall and wrapped it around her shoulders. Ready, Gunnhild heard her say. The moonlight turned the meadows and fields outside a chalky white. The air was chilly, and Gunhild shivered and wrapped her cloak tightly around her. The two girls walked all night, and by morning found themselves miles away.